For those who study Scripture know that Luke and Acts are kind of volume 1 and volume 2 from the same author. And so Acts, we begin with what we just ended the, the Gospel of Luke with. So here are these words from the beginning of Acts. Theophilus, the first scroll I wrote concerned everything Jesus did and taught from the beginning, right up to the day when he was taken up into heaven. Before he was taken up, working in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus instructed the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking to them about God's kingdom. While they were eating together, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. He said, this is what you have heard from me. John baptized with water, but in only a few days you you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. As a result, those who had gathered together asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Jesus replied, it isn't for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has sent by his own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. After Jesus said these things, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going away, and they were staring toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them. They said, Galileans, why are you standing here looking toward heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So any youngsters here today who'd like to come forward? Probably not so, not, not so many willing. But I know we regularly have a few who watch us on, uh, with their families, so we will have a chat today. Today, both the scriptures we have read talk about this event we call the Ascension. I know that's a really big word. But a word basically means to be taken up. It's, it's to rise up. So Jesus is taken back into heaven where he came from to return to the Father after the events of we've been talking about for several weeks now. But before he goes, he prays for his disciples. Jesus prays about loving each other. Jesus prays about reminding them the things he has taught them. Jesus prays to give them strength, to give them encouragement, to give them peace in their hearts. Jesus demonstrates that power of prayer. He spent time alone praying himself. He's prayed for others. And one of the last things he does with his disciples is prays for them. That means something. It means that Jesus believed in prayer. Why we spend quite a bit of time in our worship praying with and for each other. So right now, we're going to practice that a little bit because we don't do enough of this probably in our church and, and today would be a good day to start practicing. So... For those of you at home, for those of you here, think about a person, a name of someone who you would like to pray for, whether it's for healing, whether it's for comfort, whether it's for, um, for whatever reason it is, even if it's just somebody who's just having a bad day and needs, and needs a prayer to be, to be lifted up and encouraged, right? That's important too. So think about the name of someone. Better have a name? All right. So we're going to say this prayer. And um, I'm going to say a phrase and have you repeat after me. So all, the, all those here, all those at home will do the same thing. And there's a point where we put the name in. Now, you don't have to say it aloud if you want to protect that person's privacy. You're welcome to do that. But uh, when we get to the name, at least think the name, at, right? Because God, God knows what we're thinking, even if we don't say it. That's scary sometimes, I know. But, 
right? So, um, so here, repeat after me. Loving and gracious God, we pray for, may you fill the name with the love of Jesus. Help name when, uh, this can be awkward. So help name with struggles and celebrate when they f- are filled with joy. Comfort name when troubled. Strengthen name when weak. Let name know they are loved by you and by me. Amen. Kind of neat hearing all the names at the same time. There's a tradition in the Korean church where they pray like that often, that all these names are said aloud simultaneously. You can't make anyone out individually, which is kind of cool, but it's a, it's a, it's a neat. So thank you for participating in that prayer together today. So today, this is much less hot. I like this. Today, the last of, it is the Sunday we call Ascension Sunday. So it's the day that we can celebrate the living of the resurrection, this kind of series we've been doing through Easter. This living the resurrection, we do so knowing that the resurrected one is next to us, right? I mean, Jesus is with us. We know that. He told us that. So it's, it's a reminder that we, we're not alone, that we continue to journey with the one who calls us, the one who saves us, even as we look forward to the one who will empower us and continue the work of building the kingdom of God. So today we focus more on this relationship with Christ and therefore also the relationship we have with one another. It's about glory. Ascension was a glorious day for those who witnessed it, that receiving of glory, that giving of glory. And so us that are here also were called to recognize that glory, that glory of Christ as it exists in the world today around us. The hint we're given is, of course, those moments of sacrificial love that we experience between those moments of service and support, those moments where we pray for each other, those moments where we give glory and and bind up the broken, when we feed the hungry, when we reach out to heal hurting hearts. Jesus is inviting us, his followers, to know God's glory in their own lives, in our own lives, as he knew the glory of God in his. As a result, a lot of our prayers that we pray are outwardly focused, right? They're focused into the world. They're focused for others. We pray for the world, yet we know by Jesus' words that we're also called to not belong to the world. What in the world does that mean? How do we be in the world and not of the world? I'm glad you asked. It doesn't mean we hate or fear the world. Instead, like the one we follow, we come into the world because we love the world. What it means is we don't take our values from the values of the world, we take our values from Christ. We don't look to the world to know how we're supposed to live together in community. We look to the example given to us by Christ, that relationship of the Trinity, right? God is always in relationship with God's self. God is never alone. I mean, it's, it's all about relationship, and that's the model that we use when we talk for each other. When we look in the world, how we're supposed to act with each other, we see people pointing fingers and blaming people and telling untruths to get their way. We see it all the time, telling partial truth make your point. We see it all the way from decisions we make on a daily basis in our own lives to leaders in our community, to leaders in our all the way up, right? That's the humanness in us. We often don't want to admit when we have made a mistake, and so we kind of skirt around that by changing how we present information to make our case. We're good at that. 
Just look at all the stuff we see, right? <laughs> the world's example of how to live together is terrible. It doesn't work. God's example, Christ's example, works because Christ leads with love. So being in the world but not of the world is not a rejection of the world, but rather a rejection of the values of the world. The values of selfishness and greed, those are worldly values. The values of me first, and I don't care about anybody else, that's the world, right? One of the values that we hold as people of Christ is, is, is the value of community. We recognize that as the body of Christ, we are in this together. So we stand on this Ascension Sunday, looking to the Christ departing from us into heaven, as we have read in Luke and Acts, but doing so standing together. We stand or sit side by side, right? We do that as a community all the time. The, the beauty of that value is that when we realize that we're in this together, when we're standing side by side looking to Jesus, and my faith starts to waver because of all the stuff going on in my life, you're right next to me to build me up. To remind me that, that that's where our, our, our sight is on, right? Our sight is on Christ, not on the stuff going on around us. That's the value of community. That's why we are what we are. That's why Christ built a community and didn't make it all about an individual faith. Yes, our individual journey with Christ is important. That relationship is important. But our communal relationship together is even more important because we can't do it alone. Jesus knew that. He didn't have one disciple scattered. He had them together, right? There's a reason for that. We stand side by side. We are here for mutual support. We celebrate our mission together. We don't exist for ourselves. We're not called to care only for ourselves. Yes, we're called to care for ourselves, but not only ourselves. We are not really even called to protect ourselves necessarily. That's God's job. We're called to go into the world, sent by Jesus to move out of where we're comfortable, to engage in a world that is hurting and broken outside our walls. We have to encourage one another to labor in that work because the world can be a very unloving place. Anybody ever figured, anybody figured that out yet? The world can be brutal because the world's value is all about me. Christ's values are different. Christ's values are about us and those who are hurting, about loving and serving in John 17, this is near the end of the Gospel of John and his prayer for his disciples. This is a prayer that he gives to God away from his disciples for his disciples. He says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you gave me, because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be just, they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name, the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. None of them were lost except the one who was destined for destruction, so the scripture would be. Now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I'm in the world so that they can share completely in my joy. I gave your word to them, and the world hated them because they didn't belong to this, just as I don't belong to this. I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world just as I don't belong to the world. Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I've sent them. I've made myself holy on their behalf so that they also would be made holy 
Isn't that an amazing prayer? I mean, Jesus prays for his disciples that they would be one as we are one, meaning Trinity. We're to be as called to be as close to Jesus and God, as close with each other as Jesus is with God. Pretty close. And yet, somehow, we're not. The beauty of Trinity is this, this same thing, different. <laughs> one essence, one in hope. Our, our true essence is that of Christ, right? We're called to be his people. We're called to be one in hope underneath that. That's what community in Christ means. It doesn't mean that our individuality is lost. We're not supposed to all be the same because differences make whole what is. Those who have been married for any length of time know that when things work well in marriage, this, each spouse fills in the missing pieces of the other so that together you are better than you are individually. You're not, not individual still. You still have your individuality, but together you're better, right? That's what we're supposed to be. We fill in each other. That together with our differences, the whole is better. It means we acknowledge our need for each other. That somehow we are incomplete without each other. And yet we're really good at fighting amongst each other. Pointing fingers and calling names. I mean, how can we do that if we understand the value of each other in Christ? The church through history is, is and has been many things. Sometimes the church gets it right, sometimes the church does not. Because the church is a body of humans, and none of us get it right all the time. But one thing I know is that we are called to be one. Despite our differences, maybe because of our differences, we're called to be one. I mean, Jesus gives this prayer as he's leaving. You know, in Luke and Acts, we see the actual act of leaving, right? This ascension into heaven. But we believe that Jesus is still here with us, don't we? That Jesus, through the Spirit, is with us and alive in the world. How exactly? That's a God thing. But we're still here in the world too, aren't we? We're in the world, but we don't belong to the world. Our eyes are on eternity. Our eyes are on the purpose for that cross. Our eyes are here together. Our eyes are opened to the world around us through the gift of the Spirit. I mean, our time with the children talked about how important prayer is for each other, right? I mean, we know prayer works. How that happens, I don't know. I'm not God. I just know it does. <laughs> the fact that Jesus prayed so powerfully for his own disciples means something. I mean, even when we don't know how to respond to a prayer. I mean, one of the things when, when groups of pastors get together, sometimes they pray for each other, and, and, and it, it can be a very uncomfortable thing for someone who's used to praying for everyone else to then be prayed for. Um, we don't always know how to receive that. And I know some of you have expressed that sometimes yourself. Sometimes we don't know how to receive a prayer directed directly at us on an individual level. And I submit that while I work on that as well, I submit to all of us that receiving that with, a, I guess, that humility and that acceptance that somebody loves us enough to do that. But even so, Jesus' prayer for his disciples points back that's really more about Jesus than it is them. I mean, he's trying to empower them, but it's really focused on what's really important. The end of that passage in Eugene Peterson's translation called The Message, um, it's a pretty good paraphrased translation, but it's also, you know, any translation by one person is subject to whatever biases that person has in their faith, it's just because that's who we are. 
But there are some beautiful things about some of the phrases he uses in that translation. And one of those is the very end of this passage in John from him. And he says, my, in this part of the prayer, it says, my life is on display in them. Hmm. That Jesus' life is on display in his disciples. Talk about pressure. Holy cow. <laughs> but that's what he means. How we, how we live and love in this world is the presentation of who we believe Christ is. That's sunk in? That's, that's, that's a statement. That is a huge statement of faith. That how we live and love in the world is, how, is a presentation of who we believe Christ is in our lives. How we treat another. How we honor one another. How we celebrate one another. That all points to who we believe Christ is. When we get it right, our community glorifies Christ in amazing ways. And we do that so well. A lot of the time. But there are times where we don't reflect Christ so well. Both individually and as a community of faith. But ultimately, my prayer is that the way we reflect Christ to the world glorifies Christ more and more every day. Who we are. That's how we're in the world and of the world, is by glorifying Him. By continuing what he left to his disciples and they in turn have left to the church when he ascended. Today, our worship, our looking to heaven side by side is about, about God. It's about God in Christ. It's about God in Christ experienced through the Spirit. It's about that first. Then second, it's about the world, about how we take that to the world around us. Our forced isolations of the last year are coming to an end. Things are changing. I can see faces today. I can breathe today. Let's use those smiles that we've been hiding to bring hope to those around us. Tell those around us, I love you. And where we have to put the masks on to give comfort to those who may still be vulnerable, who may have conditions that make, make even vaccinations hard, we do that because we love them. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it's a way we can say I value you, right? Let us be the church that shows the world, starting with our own community, the love of Christ. Each and we are those people. Our prayer, a reminder for each other, that in Christ's name, we are yours. We are Christ's. That's who we are.